What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Release Date Podcast. Bo Crescetto here with Linton Daniel. Just want to remind you we're on YouTube. We're also on all the uh, Audible platforms that you could listen to, Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, So go find us there as well. So hope you've had a good week. Linton, have have you had a good week this week? Yeah, man. But you know what? It, It was a good week. But you know, one thing that made me smile this week was it was your birthday, bro. So, yeah, that's so right. Welcome, welcome to being an older, wiser ape. La- last <laughs> week of my third or last year of my 30s, I thought wow. someone wrote a comment that was like, you know, don't screw up, screw up this last year. <laughs> but that was pretty funny. Like, oh, wow. Now I feel a lot of pressure in my 39th year. Like I need to yeah, go out bro. strong in this decade. Dude, you got to get your 40 before 40 done. So <laughs> what's on your bucket list, you know? So what? how did you guys celebrate? um had a well my birthday was on monday november 8th uh last friday we had a party with a bunch of my friends because our weekend was busy and i I had a lot of work on monday Mm -hmm. but i did get to have lunch with my wife on monday Uh, my kids wrote me some nice cards my my oldest son who's 11 wrote me a really thoughtful card oh uh which was pretty sweet to see him write that He, he he said uh, a funny phrase in there that I thought was cute. He was like, well, who wouldn't want a dad like you? And oh. then he listed <laughs> off all these things. And I just thought it was a funny phrasing. He's like, well, who wouldn't want a dad like you? And then Dude, that's those. awesome, bro. Yeah, so that's, it was cool. That's really good. We yeah, had, we had fun. Yeah. So how about you? Anything cool, cool with your week? Oh, uh, yeah. Week? I mean, yeah, it's just been a fun week. Um, you know, we're planning a trip to Cancun. Um, so our, our family mm. is planning that. It's going to be one of those big trips where you take your parents and your in-laws and your brother and wife and a brother-in-law and wife and their mom and dad. So, I mean, it's like adding up to about 18, 20 people. We're all going to go to Cancun here soon. So I am both uh, excited about that trip, but I'm also worried about all the antics that might happen. While we're out there South together. Asians take over Cancun. Yeah, South Asians taking over Cancun. I, I don't know what it's going to be like for my elderly parents my in-laws and parents to see a bunch of bikinis so we'll see <laughs> uh-oh well you shouldn't you know you shouldn't do that but i'm just kidding um are you gonna go parasailing dude i really want to do something like one of those motorsports out there but you know again i will see how much it freaks out my kids or my parents or stuff if okay, not well, i want you to go parasailing and i'm tempted <laughs> to even pay for you to do it as long as you get a video of it Oh God! I want to see you hanging up there by the parachute, flying around. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, well, that'll I... be fun. That'll be fun. I did my honeymoon there, so. Oh yeah! Nice. You know? Okay. Anyways, right, if I if I get the video, maybe we'll even share it with the RTA community just so people can get a laugh. <laughs> Who wants to see Linson parasailing oh, at Cancun? Leave us a comment. Email oh, us. Um, no Venmo, Linson Daniel, five dollars. <laughs> And let's let's get this paid for. Oh um, gosh! Sponsored by RTA. So oh, speaking gosh. of empowering Linton Daniel to go parasailing today, we want to get into the role of the apostolic leader to be an empower of all the gifts, um, an empower of the mission. And if you're anything like me, oftentimes when we think apostolic, we think planting, and when you think an apostolic leader you think, well, they're the planter, like they're the one who's Mm going to go do it. Today, we actually want to talk about what does it look like for them to be the empower uh, of Mm -hmm. all the gifts? 
and the one that kind of holds the mission together, releases people into that mission, um, finds the gifts, stokes the gifts, gives permission, the importance of that in a mission or in a mm-hmm. movement. Um, Linson, what, what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, nice segue, by the way. Um, that's not planned, but nice segue. Very Apostolic leadership is like parasailing. <laughs> oh, God. Very smooth communicator, my friend. Um, yeah, I agree. I think there's something about the apostolic that we can easily pigeonhole into simply planting work. But that's not merely the it is a is a byproduct of someone being apostolic. Um, there's something about the space and the environment or atmosphere that an uh, like an apostle creates for those that are in their tribe or in their orbit or in their church or in their you know fellowship on campus that person um, helps um, enrich the, the the gifts in the community and I think that's one thing about the apostle that we can easily forget because we immediately say they are planters so to your point can we, I think today would be fun to talk about how apostles do that, you know, and like maybe even points in scripture where we see like even Paul, I mean, he just goes to different places. He prays for people and he says like, you know, he's going to fan into flame the gifts in people's lives. You know, that's what an apostle does, right? You know, or uh, calls people out of a, of a place where they were hidden and not being used or finding Aquila and Priscilla, their tent makers and seeing that, Hey, I'm going to activate you into the mission of God, you know? Um, and so I think that would be, I think we need to talk about that because in a day and age where the, we are now, we now know, and we're having a great reckoning in the Christian movement that leaders that are at the very, very top of anything, you know, and take all the glory and they are the superstars. We know that falls apart. I mean, I mean, I have, I'm only into like the second or third episode of, 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 of the Mars Hill podcast, like who I think it's called who killed Mars Hill or something like that, but, or the fall of Mars Hill. Oh man, it is, it's hard hitting. And we all know we are, we, we, we know we can't do that anymore. This is why an apostle is important because they create that environment of shared ownership, shared gifting, the body of Christ coming together and together getting something done. So we want to awaken more apostles, you know, in our midst and call more people into that. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's making me think about, um, actually, I think an article that I might've written on releaseape.com, mm-hmm. you know, eight years ago or something, but there's a, maybe a, a thought around the apostolic leader being like the super leader, as I'm hearing you talk, mm-hmm. um, or like they're the total face, the glory goes in, the power is in them. And if you juxtapose that with actually the biblical view of, mm-hmm. of an apostolic leader, like Paul is, they're actually the foundation everyone else walks on. Mm-hmm. So they're actually the one laying down. They're the one that's laying the first stones so that others can then step on them and build. And mm-hmm. so it's actually a pretty dirty work. It's actually a pretty unseen work. It can be... Go. Um, a servant oriented work. And so as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about the juxtaposition from power and glory. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the apostle, which some movements talk about the apostle that way. And that's why mm-hmm. we're, the most negative comments we get are that's from right. people that are like, 
we don't believe in the apostolic uh, reformation or revolution. And, and they're reacting to the super apostle language that yeah. some movements have. What, what we would mean is what does it mean to be the apostle that actually lays down life to create space for others or is able to crack open an area so others can go in or mm-hmm. hold space or mission in their view or intention, the whole field of the geography or what God's calling you to reach so that others can go. That's a very different look of an apostle mm-hmm. um, than the super apostle or the face. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there's a real, I think, point to be made that a, a way to be an apostolic leader, a mission driver, right? Mm-hmm. A generative driver of mission. It, people might not even know who you are. exactly yes that's exactly right in fact it's all the people in your community that people end up knowing it's only after they dig through and find out like oh there's this person in the background that's been praying and opening doors and making space and platforming people they realize that 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 apostle's way in the background doing all those things you know um and i I don't and to me even though that there's no glory in that that feels deeply uh, like satisfying, like there's a, you feel spent in the mission of God by getting other people involved, you know? So I think there's two ways we can think about this, but one making space, we can think about the apostle making space in two ways. One making space as in getting the, the mission of God or the people of God into a new space. Like, so that's like a new geography, a new, um, a, a new like place in, in society, a, a new corner in the community in the neighborhood. That's one way. The other way is to make space because you need more people at the table. You know how to get uh, people into the place. You know how to get out of something and make space to bring in like a great teacher, bring in a great shepherd, bring in a great prophet into that space. So maybe we can talk a little bit about space making as apostles. And again, the byproduct of us being those kinds of people is new communities in new places are formed and new leaders for those communities are set in place. And in fact, they might get to a place where they don't need you anymore, right? right. Like you, were, you were there on the front end and the p- community came together, the leaders were empowered. Yeah, I mean, they, like you said, you disappeared. They didn't need you anymore, right? Yeah, well, where I'm thinking, and I'm always thinking in paradigms too, I'm thinking kind of super apostle versus servant apostle. That's good. And then I'm thinking uh, also what I'm hearing you say is like apostle as architect. There you go. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Versus apostle as planter. Mm -hmm. And where where am I getting with that on on the planter versus architect? I I think um, it would be helpful for our listeners to hear, you know, being an architect of ministry from an apostolic energy or an apostolic leadership position is your thinking about how do you get missional velocity to all the areas of your geography. So for you, right, it's the Dallas metro area in South Mm -hmm. Asians. So an apostolic leader that's an architect or a servant Mm -hmm. apostle is, is thinking, staying up late, is dreaming, is designing how do we get to all the South Asian corners in our city? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we go start new communities? How do we reach those places? We're not waiting for them just to come to us. We need yes. to get there. Mm-hmm. apostolic mission, entrepreneurial, generative mission. 
um, to them. Or for me, I'm, I'm the collegiate leader for university in Louisiana. How do we get to yeah. all 38 campuses, all yeah. the corners? Well, an apostolic leader could be saying, I just want to go plant lots of places, lots mm-hmm. of South Asian places, lots of campuses. Or you could be stepping back and going, you know what? I'm actually going to be the designer mm-hmm. and I'm going to make the space for the people to fill in. Uh, I'm going to create structures and st- strategies and systems that, that push missional impulse. And he, here's where I want to be very clear. You can be a shepherding architect. You mm. can be a teaching architect. Hello, seminaries. Um, you can be <laughs> an evangelistic architect. What makes you an apostolic architect is the energy of mission and new spaces, right? A, a yeah. shepherding architect, um, I think about uh, the church in, I think it's in Birmingham, Alabama, that created all those freedom groups. I don't mm. know if, if you've heard of those, but mm-hmm. they have a whole curriculum on helping people get free. And I think it's a great curriculum. You go through it, there's a retreat, but it's all about coming out of bondage. And I would call that shepherding architecture. Like mm-hmm. you get involved with my group, you're going to become more healthy, whole, freed, mm-hmm. transformed. But a missional architect or, or an apostolic architect is thinking about releasing people into the mission. Jesus sending the 72. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'll kick it back to you as, as you hear me saying that, how do you do that? It's so like, if you're yeah. listening to this and you're like, I don't want to just go do all the planting. Mm-hmm. I actually want to make space for the planting, mm-hmm. um, designed for the planting. What are some of the things that come to your mind with like, okay, Linson, how do I do that? What's needed? Yeah. Great question. I love that. Cause, um, you know, because Again, we don't, we're not just saying you're a serial planter, which you could be, you know, that that's actually great apostolic gift. You plant to something, you plant the next plant the next thing. Yeah. But like, how can you create the atmosphere for it? And so I think that goes back to one of our things that we hammer at home uh, on the website is a spiritual or, or as an apostolic leader is a spiritual entrepreneur in such a way they see the entire field. Like you just named you, the fact that you counted how many universities are in Louisiana, that's you saying as an apostle, God is, you know, asking me to think about all, you say 38, right? 38, 38. universities yeah, yep. in Louisiana. 300,000 college students. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the things that I did for, for my mission is I went through some of the census data to see how many South Asians actually live in the DFW Metroplex, you know? And when you take Indians and Pakistanis, Sri Lankans, you start adding all these communities together. I mean, there is close to 250,000 of the people of the of that demographic that live in the DFW Metroplex. And if you added all of our churches together, I mean, we barely scratch like maybe 1%, you know? And so that goes to show you it is a wide open blue ocean and the apostle keeps calling out to that because if not what will happen you probably heard this analogy before you put a bunch of crabs in a pail you know they're all so crowded and in, in, in with each other they're all just like clawing at each other and one of them starts to get an idea to climb out to see the horizon but before they can do that the, one of the crabs burns them back into the pail right and the apostles like we got to get out of the pail like there's a blue ocean out there. They're owning the whole field. They're not saying, 
there are uh, like 2,500 or 3,000 Christian South Asians in the city. They're saying there are 250,000 that have not heard the gospel, right? And so um, what that does is it creates an energy to get to new spaces. Like, so if there's, if there's a young ape listening to us right now, how can you just say, Lord, show me the scope of the work? Because that'll really get you out of any situation where you're like trying to work on maybe a small issue that, you know, is taking up all your time. And you're feeling stressed about it and you're not sure why. An ape just sits back and asks the Lord, or like you said, stays up at night, sees the whole thing right because uh, they're 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 trying to seize that kairos moment that what the holy spirit is up to in the geography or in that in that social place does that make sense yeah it does i think we need to talk a little bit about like how do you do that like m- maybe some practical steps so what i'm hearing you say is space making <laughs> um like with even your crab uh <laughs> metaphor like we need to get people into new spaces so that yeah. they can move. So I think one part of being uh, an empower as an apostle is getting people into spaces where they can go and dream and try things and plant. Don't just put everyone in one area, there right? We Which we tend to do is kind of group up all of our, our, our leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you design a way for people to be in different spaces, but then come together for encouragement, but then go back out to plant? Um, I'm also thinking about, you know, being able to identify new missional uh, kind of frontiers or places that we that we want to get to, but then calling people into that. So, yeah, I think the best apostolic architects are able to say, here's where we want to go. Here's what we need to do. But we're going to need people to step into this and use their gifts to get it done. I'm not going to go do it. I'm not going to be the one I'm going to point to the area of need. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to partner with you, but I'm going to need you to do it. I I think one of the more interesting things that I've seen in my leadership over the years, in contrast to, to some other people that I've bumped into, I'm, I'm really okay with giving away leadership. Like Mm -hmm. I'm really okay with saying we need to reach this university, but I'm going to empower this volunteer to do it or these students and where others might say, no, we need like a fully trained staff (laughs) there, or I need to do it, or we need this kind of development. I I think there's an apostolic part of me that is like, well, of course, if they're have integrity with Jesus and their their theology is, is clear, they have a little bit of training. Why not empower them to go Mm -hmm. do it? and to grow and and to be the crab in the horizon. I don't need to be the one doing it. I'm actually get excited about seeing them go and do it. And Mm -hmm. I realized that's an apostolic part of me that wants to point to the space and empower Mm -hmm. where someone maybe not quite as apostolic. I've noticed uh, over my years of ministry, I'll bump into people that are like, no, we need to do that. Or they're really slow to release a leader. They have lots of hoops. You got to jump through Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. high quality control. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get the quality control, but we, at some point you need to trust other people to fill out the mission. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what architect does. So yeah, those, those I mean, a couple of my thoughts. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, like it, it, there's a little bit of hubris when we uh, want to dictate or control every aspect 
of what the next mission is. So we we're we're in this area and there's an adjacent area that we want to get to. And there's, if we're saying that we're going to have a carbon copy of what we do here into the next space, again, that actually smells of colonialism, smells of all the things that we don't like, super apostles, you know. But if you're willing to say, I feel like the spirit of God is opening this space and he is just in time brought a leader into our midst that I can go run with and then release into that place. And what happens with that interaction of that person in that place that you've helped foster is a new thing Mm. that the Lord will do. And oftentimes that's what God wants to do. Like, I mean, we, 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 you know, we talk about all the time, like how God is so lavish that things like snowflakes that don't even last very long, every one of them are so different. Mm. You know, I don't know. I mean, God doesn't like, he does not stamping out the same Snowflake, even though that makes uh, like efficiency sense, you know, and effectiveness, you know, sense, you know, but that's not the way God is. And so for some of you can go back to listen to Peyton's, uh, you know, um, podcast that we had with him a couple episodes ago. He, he, that's the difference between planting a church and starting one. It's like trusting that the individual that you're releasing into that, that new individual into that new space, God's going to have an interaction there. With that, with the Holy Spirit at work, that's going to create and plant something new versus us just starting carbon copies of things everywhere. And this is where, um, if we trust God, multiplication becomes the the paradigm, not addition, not serial planting, not this place, this place, this place, this place. It becomes boom. God starts to send people out from your um, leadership, you know, with new ideas, new gifts, because. There's going to be certain places where they're going to really vibe with that new leader that you sent out and never vibe with you, you know, well, but, you know, yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you say too, and, and by the way, Linson wrote a great article on releasehip.com called um, Unleashing, shoot, got to remember the title if I'm going to, you know, spot you, <laughs> um, Unlock the Potential of an Apostolic Movement. So you mm. can go onto the blog and read, it's really in-depth article, Unlock the Potential of an Apostolic Movement. What I'm hearing you say in that, that we haven't named is I think the apostolic architect of mission Mm. has to be okay with risk and failure. Yeah. And you write about that. And Mm. and what I'm noticing in a lot of people, um, a lot of leaders, and I see it in myself sometimes too, is they hedge against failure. And if I was to oversimplify things, if you think about the big box type churches that are replicating their churches, like we're going to start a new site, mm-hmm. um, not entire, this isn't entirely fair what I'm saying. I'm being oversimplistic, but it's almost as if we're going to start that site when we know we can't fail. So we've got yeah. enough money, enough people, we have people. the property, Mm-hmm. All of that. Now we're going to go and put it in like a Target or a Walmart. Mm-hmm. And now here's our new site. And while in one sense, it's apostolic because you're doing a new site. I think the apostolic I'm hearing you talk about is one that says you see the potential in that person for risk taking or being able to reach that new horizon. But it also comes with the the willingness that it might flop, that they might not connect, that that community might not respond. So even when you're when you're referencing some of those stories in Acts, 
mm-hmm. or even Jesus sending the 72. Paul isn't sending people out or himself stepping out or Jesus isn't sending them out because the plan is determined or figured <laughs> yeah, out. He's go. sending them That's out right. saying there's an apostolic opportunity here of a new community taking incredible risk. Mm-hmm. But as a leader, I'm also okay if they're hard-hearted, um, there's mm-hmm. spiritual opposition, there's demonic mm-hmm. attacks, yeah. like there doesn't, it doesn't grow. Mm-hmm. And that's important to mention. Like if yeah. we're not okay with doing things that fail mm-hmm. and being able to see it as it's not failure, but it's actually learning. That's our last episode. Sewing helps you see, see, you're yeah. never going to be able to be truly a missional architect. Cause you're always going to feel like, well, we just failed. We just failed. We just sucked. And then you're going to recorrect by planning everything and doing it only if you know it succeeds and you're missing something that is latent about apostolic leadership and missional architecture. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there, that's the, you know, there's a, there's a quote, I, I know I might be butchering it, but you know, uh, fear, you know, rises up most when you're about to obey, you know, and usually the fear of failure, right? And so you as leaders, you can sense the spirit of God is opening this territory. It's a Kairos moment. And you are, you actually have the people you need. The Holy Spirit says set apart these people, but you don't have the perfect plan. And so you don't release them. You don't. And so here's the thing. We're often trying to protect our plans from failure, right? Yes. When often, but when God is really asking you to build up your people, so then they can make it through failure, you know? So like, if you have a bunch of people in your team that are, you have built, you've in a way disciple them and got them in the world such that they're not afraid of failure. You have people not afraid of failure instead of plans, resistance to failure, right? Uh, and when that's the wrong approach, like we're going to make such an amazing plan that it will not fail, right? It, it'll resist failure, right? No, I want people who are so built up in Christ that if the thing fails, the residue of that failure doesn't sit on them. They come back home and say, all right, let's think of something new again and let's figure out what God's doing, you know, and, and go there, you know? Um, and so, and so there is that latency. That, so here's the thing about being an architect. We often think that things are fixed. An apostolic architect has maybe some things fixed and other things that are still growing are still um, uh, morphing as the mission front grows, right? Like, what do you mean uh, by that? So, for example, like, you know, I don't know if any of there are any gamers that are, are like right now uh, listening to us, but you know how they have those games where you can only see a little part of the map, and then as you send a scout out, you can see a little more of the map. Um, so what an apostolic leader does is instead of building home base right away, they might start, but their first move is to send scouts to get more of that map open. And so you might have a plan for home base, right? But you don't have all your plans ready for the rest of the map, but your plan is to send somebody, right? So that stuff gets known and people are moving out and exploring more and more of that map. And as they come home with failure or maybe a little bit of success, you're like, oh, now I know how to, how to, how to make that work. Because- Sewing a scene. Sewing a scene, exactly. And- the apostle loves connecting things together. Like he loves networks. He or she, she loves networks. So getting the net really out wide to see the whole map, they know that um, another thing that is often said in our, in our community and on our blog is often the resources for this harvest 
are actually in the harvest. So the thing that you need to build your team, the people that you need, you need to send the scout out there because that scout will actually uncover Aquila and Priscilla. We'll actually uncover Stylus. We'll actually uncover Timothy. And those are the people that you actually need on your team to see the mission front expand. So sure, home base might be a little bit more fixed. You kind of have some ideas on it, but the rest of your architect architecture has to be nimble as your scouts figure out what's going on. Does that make sense? I'm trying to use that yeah. video game analogy. Yeah. Well, what I'm what I'm thinking about and hearing as you're talking, um, the the apostolic leader that is the architect or the servant um not just the the planter right mm-hmm. or, the, or the the person of power in front mm-hmm. the superpower yeah mm-hmm. i think what lead like i'm i'm asking myself as i'm hearing you talk okay how do we create a, a culture of of risk taking and failure like failure is okay. Like failure isn't because you're bad. Failure is because you're actually taking risks. How do you create that? Like how, how do you sustain that? What would make you okay with having that kind of culture instead of always hedging towards what wins? And mm-hmm. I think what allows you to do that as an architect is because you have an incredible um, passion for the people you want to reach. So there's a mm-hmm. burden for the people you want to reach that's out here. And you're also incredibly aware of the gap from where you stand to that's between where you stand and the people you want to reach. And and there's a, there's a humble awareness Mm. of, I don't know the right strategy to reach those people. If Mm. they were reached, if they were already reached, it'd be easy. The fact that they're not being reached shows there's a problem with our system. Mm. So Mm. if that, if those two things are true, I have an incredible burden for them and care and concern and longing that's deeply spiritual. And I'm aware of the gap that allows me to say, we need to go try a lot of things yes. to reach them. I'm not concerned with the strategy. I'm concerned with the person, the people, the group, whichever strategy helps us get there. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And it might take you four or 10 or a hundred failures. Mm-hmm until you finally connect to that person or people. And I think that's what allows you to keep being apostolic as an architect, because you're like, I just want to get to them. I'm not okay with just a big group here that's circling through Christians or reaching the people in closest proximity. If I'm going to reach those people, we have to have teams that are like, I'm trying everything to get to them. Nothing's working. Nothing's Mm -hmm. getting. Okay. Keep trying. Okay. Keep trying. Keep Mm -hmm. praying. Keep iterating. Keep going because we want to get to them. And when we get to them, we will celebrate and then we will pivot and try those strategies again. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Like right there at the end, when you were talking about, I think we as leaders need to celebrate the attempts, not celebrate, you know, what happened there. We need to keep a a, a community apostles want to keep a community celebrating every attempt, you know, and there's just something about, a steak dinner for every call to faith, you know, uh, you know, like how many people came? No, that's not the question. How many people came to faith or how many people came to your first launch gathering? Did you have the launch gathering steak dinner? Right. You know, and then we, you may learn some things around the way, but yeah. So some of things didn't go well. Some things went well. All right. Next iteration is scheduled for what date let's launch again, steak dinner for the launch, not how many people showed up. Right. And then when you learn through that iteration, what happens is you don't have failures. 
in your movement. You have learners in your movement. Yeah, you have learners, you have students in your movement. And you as the leader is like the prime student. You're learning from the Lord, you're learning from the spirit of God. You're learning from all your attempts. And what happens is like, no one feels like they're failing, right? They, they all feel like they're learning. And, and, um, and learning not just through all our attempts, but learning through the people that you're going to meet, you know, in the mission field, you know, and, and bringing them into the fold and uh, extending, connecting people together to be like, tell me more. I, we messed up this last time around and I'd love for you to help and, and help me figure that out. And, and I don't know, I think that really releases, that's what makes the super apostle, um, it, 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 it creates an environment that can be no super apostle, right? Because we're all learning. We're all humble. We're all just trying our best to reach people and love them and help them into the kingdom of God. And, um, and, and I think that's what also fights that super apostle syndrome, you know? Uh, well, the super apostle, um, the glory goes to him or her, the power goes to him or her. It actually creates an incredible fear culture because mm. actually oftentimes with this, a super apostle type in quotations, when people step out uh, different than maybe their hopes or expectations, there's, there's a lot of pushback or yeah, fear. Um, That's right. fear that is created. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we got to wrap this up in a minute. I think what I'm realizing as we're doing these podcasts, you know, how many we're in eight or nine, we, we process while we talk. Yeah. which is also, I hope fun for our listener. It's like, there's a nugget at the end. Like you need to listen and learn with Bo and Linson. And then <laughs> they're going to get clear as they talk, probably because we're both extroverts. And then we also do it on purpose to where we're having a conversation on camera. But I feel like we've gotten clear again today to say the difference between the super apostle and the servant apostle, or if you're going to be, a architect of mission, not just a serial planter, is you create an environment where risk and failure is normalized. Yeah. And and that is so lacking in our church and organizations right now. And our people cultural are, moment. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. culture, you're right. Cultural moment. Like people are so scared to fail, so scared to feel inferior, so mm-hmm. scared to mess up. It's like, look, if we are truly going to reach the unreached, if we're Mm -hmm. truly going to create new communities and new expressions of God's mission, we are going to need to empower leaders that feel like they could try a hundred things and fail 99 and they're winning because they struck the one. Like we have to develop a heartbeat in people like I'm so passionate about reaching those people or that place that I'll try whatever it takes to reach them. And I'm going to be celebrated, affirmed, um, uh, equipped, encouraged every time I try. And every time I try and fall down, I'm going to have that apostolic architect and coach picking me back up and going, great try, man. Let's go again. Let's go again because we're going after the one. And and we don't know when we're going to hit the right strategy or missional, uh, you know, move to get there but risk is needed, failure is expected, and then we are gonna get to that place of breakthrough, transformation, and conversion. And that's what an apostolic architect does at its best is it creates that openness, that open network of leadership that's like, I'm gonna go try this. And we're like, great, because your try 
is anchored in a burden. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. It cultivates great humility in us and it gives all the glory to God. You know, when we fail and we don't know, and then we hit it big, we will honestly tell that story and be like, yo, I cannot take credit for that. I just went back out to the field again. And I tried all glory. God belongs to God. You know, um, I, I've tried and tried. It's like Jesus saying, go back out there for a catch. And Peter's like, are you serious? I've been out there. I can't catch anything. Go back out there, launch into the deep and put your net on this side. Like, oh, all right, because you said so, I'll do it. We should all be like that. <laughs> Just look at our teams. Yo, I'm not in charge of this mission. Jesus is. And he tells us to go back out. And because he said so. And when the catch comes in and everyone's like, yo, you're the most amazing planter, missional architect I've ever seen, apostolic architect, we can be like, yo, I'm unworthy. You know, Lord, go away from me. Like that sense of like humility and all glory belongs to God. Let's be those kind of leaders, right? Keep launching into the deep, take our team out there. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, friends, there are a lot of murky waters right now in our cultural moment. And we know it. me and Bo are not blind to those things. We know how tumultuous and and murky the water is but all the more reason you know the gospel needs uh a presence in those places so right Bo so I I guess we're calling people to go launch into the deep because he said so you know amen take 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 a take a risk well hey I hope this was helpful for all of you listening processing with us if you're leaving with an encouragement or a nugget Mm -hmm. or something to talk to your team about or to rethink the way you're thinking about mission, then I think we're doing what we're setting out to do. Um, So like always leave us an email, shoot us uh, a comment uh, on YouTube, um, whatever. Let us know how this is helping you. Let us know what else you want to hear. And Mm -hmm. until next time, God bless. Peace out. Love you guys. Yeah.